Here we are. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, this morning we're going to jump right into our um, series that we began a few weeks ago, our summer series entitled The Power of Why. And we have been talking about the why of Liberty Church and really the heartbeat behind the vision of who we are and why we do the things we do. Uh, So I just want to kind of recap with you real quick. So we said that the why is the most important part of every decision, action, plan, or vision, and that the what and the how is always subject to the why. So we're always adjusting, tweaking, modifying what we do and how we do it in order to consistently fulfill the why, right? Because the why is really the driving point behind our vision. We said that the why is the belief, it's the reason behind the vision, it's the heartbeat of every great thing. And literally that's what we've been doing. We kind of said that we're kind of taking the stethoscopes, right? And we're putting them on the heartbeat of Liberty Church so we can kind of hear the why that is driving us and compelling us to move into what God has. We said the why really does four things. The why focuses us on a bigger picture. Uh, The why sustains us through difficult or challenging times. The why empowers us, right, to walk in boldness, to speak up and stand up for what we know God has called us to do. And then the why creates buy-in, right? Because until you buy in to the vision... You're never going to sell out to what God has called us to do. you got to buy into that why. And when we buy in, then we sell out to live the life that God has called us to live. And then we said the why of Liberty Church. Let me just give you a brief definition. We said God said to create a place where distressed people can find freedom, where indebted people can be equipped, and where discontented people can make a real difference in the world, right? 1 Samuel 22 verse 2 talks about the why of Liberty Church, and God said everyone that was distressed and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered to David. And God said, I want you to create that kind of place. I want you to create a place where distressed people find freedom. I want you to create a place where indebted people can be trained and equipped and released into ministry. And I want you to create a place where those who are discontented with religion and religious ritual can meet real people, get in a real community of faith, and make a real difference in other people's lives. How many know your life really begins to matter when you start making a difference in somebody else's life? The most miserable people you'll ever meet on planet Earth are self-centered, self-focused, self-serving people. People that live only for themselves never tap into the fullness of life and the fullness of joy that God intends for us, right? It's when we serve others. It's when we give ourselves to make a difference in somebody else's life that we really tap into the joy and the peace that God has for us. So we said our what and our how. Look at that next point there. Our what and our how is what we call the seven pillars of liberty. And really there are seven foundational ministries that empower us. Seven foundational ministries that empower us to fulfill the why of Liberty Church. And we've talked about the why of Celebrate Recovery. We talked about the why last week of worship. Why do we worship? What is worship? Why do we worship? And today we're going to talk about the why of discipleship. The why of discipleship. And we're going to talk about why we have discipleship because one of the seven pillars here at Liberty Church is discipleship, and this is what we would consider to be a common thing. Most churches have a discipleship ministry or a discipleship program, but what I want you to see today is that I really believe that there is a unique element to what God is doing here at Liberty Church, and I really also believe that the fact that we're here 21 years later... 21 years later, that was last Sunday, right? How many of you enjoyed your little popsicle last Sunday? Anybody get a little popsicle on the way out, right? Uh, We're here 21 years later. I really believe this. I believe we're here 21 years later because... 
because of the discipleship pillar of Liberty Church. I believe we're here 21 years later because we did not establish a discipleship program. We established a discipleship process that moves people forward. See, the difference between a program and a process is that a program is created to meet a need. And so what happens many times in churches is we see a need. We see young families and they need to be discipled. Or we see parents and they need to be discipled. Or we see single moms and they need to be discipled. Or we see people with addiction and they need to be discipled. And so what happens is that we begin to form ministries around needs. And that's awesome, right? Because ministries should meet needs. But the problem with that philosophy is simply this. When I meet that need, right, when the couple gets the discipleship that they need, then what's next? When the parent gets the discipleship that they need, then what's next? When the addict finds freedom from bondage, then what's next? See, programs are created to meet a need that are closed-ended because we're focused on one area of need. But a discipleship process is not just about meeting needs, but it's about creating a process that empowers people to continue to take the next step in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're here 21 years later, stronger than we've ever been, Growing, maturing, multiplying, planning campuses, reaching souls, baptizing people consistently. We're here 21 years later because somewhere along the journey by the grace of God, I wish I could say I'm such a smart pastor, I figured it out. I can't say that. (laughs) I can say this. God is so gracious and God is so kind and God is so merciful that he heard my heart. I can be honest with you that 27 years ago when I started pastoring for the first time, I was 20 years old, and I remember when I preached my first sermon, I had accepted the call to preach. Three weeks later, I had an opportunity to preach my first sermon, and I will never forget walking away that night from preaching my first sermon. I preached for 12 minutes. I said everything I knew about God in the Bible in 12 minutes. I was done. I mean, from Genesis to Revelations, I was preached out in 12 minutes. And so, after that 12-minute sermon, I remember going home that night, and I remember thinking this thought. This is what I thought. I thought, this is so amazing. I am doing what God called me to do. And then my second thought was this. I want to help everybody do what God's called them to do. That became the driving point of my heart. I genuinely want to help everybody do what God has called them to do. Now, that looks different for everybody. Everybody has a different gifting and a different calling. But I can tell you for 27 years of ministry, that has been my heart. That has been the driving point of my life is I want to help everybody do what I get to do. I get to get up every day and do what God has called me to do. And I believe you need to get up every day and do what God has called you to do. And the reality is, is that's the discipleship. Discipleship is about creating a process that helps people take the next step in their relationship journey with Jesus Christ. Because I don't care how long you've been serving Jesus, there's always a next step. God always has more for you. God always wants to take you to a new level, the next level of life and living in Jesus Christ. So that definition on the screen right there, what is discipleship? I want you to see that. Discipleship, I want you to see this, is a a systematic process. It's not a program that just meets a need. It's a process that empowers people to take steps. It's a systematic process that trains, equips, and connects people to Jesus. So let me stop right there for a second. Our goal at Liberty Church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ, not disciples of Liberty Church. 
Our goal is not to make disciples of Pastor Keith. Our goal is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And the purpose of discipleship, what is discipleship? It is a systematic, it is a system with a strategy. It is a system with a strategy. It is a systematic process that trains people, equips people, and ultimately connects people into a personal relationship with Christ. And not only does it do those three things, but it then empowers people to follow Jesus. How many of you understand that the depth and the height, the beginning and the end of Christianity is all about your personal relationship with Christ? And if you're not following Jesus, you're not a disciple. The word disciple in the Greek literally means this. It means to be a pupil. It means to be a student. It means to be a follower whose goal, hear this, whose goal is to be just like the teacher. So for a Christian, a disciple is a person who follows Christ with the intention of being just like Jesus, right? It's not enough that you connect to him. Discipleship is about following him. It's about following him every day of your life. That's one of the things I love about Christianity. Christianity is not a Sunday morning religion. Right? Christianity is not a Sunday morning religion. I don't put on my Christianity when I put on my clothes on Sunday morning. No, Christianity is 24-7. It is a part of who I am. And if I am being discipled, if I am committed, and let me just say this to you today, you have to commit to the discipleship process. Right? We can have a perfect process, and if you don't commit to it, it won't work for you. Right? You can go to the doctor, and he can give you a perfect plan for health, and if you don't follow it, it won't work. He can prescribe you the pills, and if you don't follow the prescription, it won't work. And many times what happens in Christian community, hear this, this is so crazy, but it happens all the time, is many times we get frustrated with the church, but we're not taking the prescription as prescribed. So it's kind of like Dr. Jess giving me a prescription, and I go home and set it in my cabinet for three weeks and go back three weeks later and say, Doc, I don't know what you're not, you're not a good doctor because what you're doing ain't working. I'm not any better. Well, did you take your medicine? Well, no. Well, there's nothing wrong with my doctor, and there's something wrong with your process of embracing. You got to commit to your own health. Help me understand the best process, the best doctor, the best plan, if you don't commit to it, doesn't work. And so we got to commit to the process, right? Because the process is about training us, equipping us, and it's about connecting us to Christ, but it's also about empowering us to follow Jesus on a daily basis and then releasing us. The fifth thing is to release us into the gifts and the calling that God has for our lives. So let's talk about why discipleship. Matthew chapter 28, it's known as the Great Commission, right? Matthew 28, Jesus has been crucified, he's resurrected, he's giving this great commission, this final charge. He is employing and engaging the body of Christ into the work of the ministry, and this is what he says. Jesus came and told his who? His disciples. These were followers who were committed to becoming like Jesus, they weren't Sunday morning church attenders. How many know you can go to church and not be a disciple? There's a big difference. I'm just telling you, we are committed to making disciples. 
We are committed not to making Sunday morning church attenders. We are committed to making disciples. And Jesus said to his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make what? Go and make disciples. He said to his disciples, go and make disciples. So let me just say this real quickly. There's two elements for this thing to work. Number one, you've got to be a disciple. And then as you are discipled, you have to be willing to help others become disciples. And I'm just going to say, really, it's that two-part prong of Jesus' great commission that really brings life to us. We talked about it just a minute ago. It's when we serve other people that we find life. It's when we help other people that we find life. It's when we invest in other people that we find life. I've got to have life. I've got to be a disciple. But then I've got to give life. I've got to begin to make disciples of other people. Go into all nations and make disciples. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So why discipleship? Look at that next point. Because there is no plan B. (laughs) There is no plan B. Discipleship is Jesus' plan for accomplishing his will and advancing his kingdom in the earth. Discipleship is Jesus' plan. Jesus did not have a plan B. Jesus put all of his eggs in one basket, and he said, this is how we're going to change the world. This is how we're going to save souls. This is how we're going to turn the world upside down. This is how we're going to empty hell and populate heaven. It's called discipleship. And it's not a program. It's a process. It's a lifelong journey of following Christ and becoming what God has called you to be. It's about being trained. It's about being equipped. It's about being connected. It's about being empowered. And it's about being released into the life and the calling that God has for you. And there is no plan B. And look at the last part of that statement. Every soul saved. Think about that. Every soul saved. Every ministry fulfilled, every leader released, and every campus, we're a campus launching church, every campus launched or every church planted hinges, hinges on one thing, our ability to make disciples. Now, I want to just pause for just a second. Miss Diane Snyder is in the back. Miss Diane, would you stand up real quick? Diane and Curtis Snyder lead the discipleship pillar of Liberty Church. I want to just give them a great big round of applause. Because they do an amazing job. They literally pour their hearts and their lives into it. And we love you, Miss Diane. Thank you so much. You make Curtis so much better than he would be without you. Amen. I hope he watches this online and hears that because I'm going to tell him. It's so good. There's no plan B, guys. Everything, everything hinges on discipleship. Everything hinges on discipleship. Think about that. I want to break that last statement down for just a second. Every soul saved. The fact that somebody told somebody about Jesus is evidence that somebody was discipled to the point of sharing their faith. How many of you understand, statistics say over 90% of all Christians never lead another person to Christ. Over 90% of all Christians never lead another person to Christ. So guess what? For those people that do lead people to Christ, guess what happens? Somewhere along the way, they were discipled to the point that they realized they were responsible to share their faith with other people. See, discipleship brings a responsibility because all of a sudden you begin to realize, hey, that's my job. It's not the pastor's job. It's not the church's job. It's my job. 
as a follower of Jesus Christ to introduce other people to Christ. And every soul that has been saved has been saved because somebody was discipled to the degree that they were willing to tell somebody else about Jesus. Every, think about that, look at that next point. Every ministry fulfilled. When you think about all the ministries in a church, you think about Dr. Forrest in the back who leads ICM, our Bible college here at Liberty Church. You think about our children's ministry with Miss Cindy and Chris right up front. You think about our youth ministry. You think about the worship ministry. You think about the outreach ministries. You think about the missions ministry. You think about every ministry within the walls of the church and outside the walls of the church. Every ministry that is fulfilled is fulfilled because somebody got discipled. Somebody got discipled. Somebody was trained, somebody was equipped, somebody was connected, somebody was empowered, and somebody was released to do what God had called them to do. And every ministry that exists today on planet earth in the banner and under the name of Jesus Christ exists not because somebody was a Sunday morning church attender, but because somebody was discipled to the degree that they wanted to make a difference in somebody else's life. Every leader released Every person that steps up and steps into the leadership gifts and callings that God has upon their life steps up and steps into that leadership gift and calling because somebody discipled them, somebody invested in them, somebody trained them, somebody equipped them, somebody connected them, somebody empowered them, and somebody released them to do the things that God has called them to do. And all of a sudden, they step out into this leadership role and they start building teams and they start building ministries and they start doing the things that God has called them to do. Because somebody discipled them. Every campus that's launched, right? Easter of this year, we launched our Holly Pond campus. And I just want to let you know, praise God, they're baptizing somebody today. They're seeing souls saved. They're baptizing people every month. They're averaging right at about 100 people every Sunday that's connecting to that Holly Pond campus. And God is showing up and God is showing out. And I want you to understand, every campus launch is launched because somebody made a disciple. Somebody discipled somebody. Somebody trained somebody. Somebody equipped somebody. Somebody connected somebody. Somebody empowered somebody. Somebody released somebody into the gifts and callings that God had for them. And the reality is, is everything hinges and hangs on our ability to make disciples. And the tragedy is, the tragedy is, is that many times what we call discipleship ministry is really a program and not a process. But I'm excited to say to you that there is a strategy, there is a strategic process here at Liberty Church that is designed to do those five things. We want to train you. We want to equip you. We want to connect you to a personal relationship with Christ. We want to empower you to follow him. And we want to release you in the gifts and callings that God has for your life. So how do we do that. Let's talk about how we do it a little bit. So we do it really through three avenues or three venues. We disciple people through ongoing small groups. We disciple people through our four-week connection track. And we disciple people through our three 10-week grow classes and encounter weekends. So let's talk about the why of small groups. It's on the screen. Why small groups? Why do we have small group ministry? Well, we have small group ministry because small group ministry is the ongoing, long-term discipleship process that we have here at Liberty Church because real discipleship happens through relationships. If you think about your spiritual journey, everybody in this room, you are where you are in Christ today because of somebody. <laughs> it wasn't just a class with a teacher, it was a somebody. It wasn't the curriculum, it was a somebody. 
Curriculum is important. We need the right curriculum. But guess what? People don't connect with curriculum. People connect with people. (laughs) Discipleship happens through relationship. And August the 18th, we're going to be launching our fall semester of small groups here at Liberty Church. And I want to go ahead and challenge you today to get connected to a small group. Why? Because ongoing discipleship happens through relationships. Proverbs says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And in Acts chapter 2, I want you to see this. Acts chapter 2, the birth of the New Testament church. Look what the scripture says. And those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 people in all. And the believers, look at this, four things they devoted themselves to. The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which would be the word of God, to fellowship and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And when you read the rest of that chapter, the Bible says, and they would meet in the temple and they would go house to house, sharing their lives together, devoted to four things. You know what our small groups do? Our small groups are devoted to four things. They're devoted to gathering people around the word of God. They're devoted to creating places where people pray for and pray with one another. And they're devoted to food. Somebody say amen and fellowship. Food and fellowship, right? Four things, the word of God, prayer, food, and fellowship. And what is powerful about small group ministry is small group ministry brings all four of those aspects together and puts it in a relationship environment, right? We learn in roles, but we connect in circles, Right? You go to school, they got the classes laid out in roles. You go to college, they got the classes laid out in roles. You come to church, you got the, the churches laid out in roles. Why? Because we learn in roles, but we connect in circles. Small groups are places of connection, and it's ongoing relationship that is centered around the Word of God, around prayer, around food, and around fellowship. And when you build relationships around the word of God and prayer and food and fellowship, amazing things begin to happen. Now, let's just do something real quick. Let's take prayer and the word of God out of it. And that's what most relationships look like. When you think about your relationships outside of church, when you think about your relationships outside of Christian circles, there's food and fellowship. We're going to go hang out and do something, and we're probably going to eat while we're doing it, right? And when you think about buddies in the world, before you got saved, what did you do with your friends? You hung out and you ate and maybe drunk some stuff you shouldn't have been drinking. Right? That's what you did. It was food and fellowship. 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 We're hanging out together. We're doing stuff together and we're eating together. We're hanging out together. And guess what happened as a result of those relationships? Those people influenced and impacted your life And most of the time, it wasn't for good. Every time, every, every time I talk to somebody in recovery, I always ask them this question. How did you get into addiction? And 99% of the time, they all say the same thing. Well, I started hanging out with. 99% of the time. How did you end up in addiction? I started hanging out with. It works on the positive side. How'd you end up in business? Well, I started hanging out with these business guys. And they started spurring on some ideas. And I started thinking about how I could make money. And I got inspired to do these things. Right? That happens. 
Because who you have food and fellowship with influences your life. So why is a small group so important? A small group is so important because it's ongoing discipleship. All of a sudden, we're going to bring the Word of God, and we're going to bring prayer into that environment, and we're going to gather together around the Word of God and prayer and food and fellowship, and guess what will happen? It will influence your life for good. And you'll get better and you'll get stronger because guess what? The more I hang around with Jess, the more I hang around with John, the more I hang around with Chris, the more I learn from these men because they've all got something I don't have. And if our relationship is centered around the word of God and prayer, then the food and the fellowship that comes from that sharpens me spiritually and helps me to grow and become a better man, a better husband, a better businessman, a better leader, a better whatever it is that I want to be. And it's through that small group environment that we create ongoing, lasting relationships that produce discipleship. So why small groups? Because it's the ongoing process of discipleship that continually happens through relationships. And let me just say this to you today, we never outgrow that. We never outgrow that. Amen? Look at that second element. The second process that we have here at Liberty Church for discipleship is what we call the connection track. So why do we do the connection track? It's a quick connect that empowers people to follow, connect, discover, and serve. The Connection Track is a four-week class that we offer every Sunday during the 11 o'clock service back in our cafe area. And the purpose of the Connection Track, why do we do a Connection Track? Because we want to create a quick connect. We want to create an opportunity for people to connect to the body of Christ, connect to Christ, connect to the vision, and connect to the purpose and calling that God has for them in a quick way. We don't want you to have to hang out for six months before you become a part of the church. We want to create a place of quick connection. So you can come one Sunday and say, man, I feel like this is where God wants me to be. And the next Sunday, you can begin that quick connect class to become a member of Liberty Church and begin to serve here. So the connection track does four things. Number one, it talks about how do we follow Christ. Because how many of you recognize before you can connect to the church, you got to connect to Christ? (laughs) Church membership without salvation is useless. (laughs) You don't go to heaven because you're a member of a church. You go to heaven because you're a member of Christ. But we want to understand what people understand. So step one, the first Sunday of every month, we talk about what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it really mean to be a disciple and follow Christ as your Lord and Savior? Step two, the second week of every month, we talk about connecting to the local church, to Liberty Church, and we share our vision, our mission, and we talk briefly about some of the things we're talking about in depth over this series. And we give people an opportunity to really understand who we are as a church and connect to the church by becoming a member of the church and also connect to a small group because we're going to talk about how important that is in that second class. Week three, during that connection track, we're going to help you discover your gifts and God's calling for your life. You're going to do a spiritual gift assessment and a personality profile. Why? Because two of the most important things you can understand is you need to understand yourself, how's God wired you through your personality. And then you need to understand how has God gifted you spiritually and supernaturally to do his work. And so that's step three. We're going to help you discover your spiritual gifts and your personality. And then step four, on the fourth Sunday of every month, we're going to give you an opportunity to serve to get connected to one of the ministries here at Liberty Church and begin to serve others and make a difference in somebody else's life. 
Why? Because discipleship is about training, it's about equipping, it's about connecting, it's about empowering, and it's about releasing people to begin to serve God in the way God has. So the connection track is just a four-week simple process to get people connected. And if you've never done our connection track, I want to encourage you to do that. That's how you join the church. That's how you begin to get released into ministry and begin to serve in the ministries of the church. It really is a simple process that I believe really equips people to make an intelligent, prayerful decision. Well, Pastor Keith, I don't know if I can commit to a four-week class. Well, if you can't commit to a four-week class, you probably can't commit to a ministry team. Amen? That just makes sense to me. It's really simple. So why do we do it? Because it's a quick connect. Look at that last part right here. The growth track. Let's talk about the growth track for a minute. Why do we do the growth track and the encounter weekends? We do the growth track and the encounter weekends because it enables us to find freedom from our past, power for today. It provides foundation stones for life and connects us to God's heartbeat. We do a grow track. We start a new grow track every three months. Typically, it's January, May, and October. We'll start a new grow one class. And this is a, a process of three 10-week classes, grow one, grow two, and grow three. Why do we do this? Because I believe we need a systematic process. How many of you understand that when you, when you go to school, when a child starts kindergarten, there are some foundational things you got to learn in kindergarten before you go to first grade. There are some foundational things you got to learn in first grade before you go to second, before you go to third. How many of you recognize when you go to college, right, there's some 101 classes everybody's got to take. You just got to know there are some foundational things that if you just don't know, you can't go to that next level. The grow track is a systematic process of helping to establish those 101 principles in people's lives that will begin to release them into what God has called them to do. During Grow One, a couple things happen. During Grow One, we help people through the encounter weekend find freedom from their past. How many of you have been through an encounter? Anybody raise your hand, give me a little shout out. Awesome, praise God. Preaching to the choir this morning, I'm going to say it anyway. Amen, I love it. It's just so good. Why do we go through the Grow Track Encounter Weekend? Because it helps you find freedom. We say it like this. Everybody has junk in the trunk. And until you deal with the junk in the trunk, you can't embrace the future and the hope that Jesus has for you. You can never hear this. You can never be effectively discipled until you are first delivered from the pains and the hurts of your past. And so many people come to church every Sunday and come to church every Sunday and come to church every Sunday and they never are truly, they never truly become disciples of Christ because they never truly get delivered from the hurts and pains of their past. And, and it's like this and we've all seen it, right? They take one step forward and then two steps back. Why? Because there's this stuff, these hurts, these pains, these problems, these difficulties. And I love what Joyce Meyer says. Joyce Meyer said, anything buried alive never dies. Until you bring it to the cross, until you deal with it biblically and scripturally, you'll never find freedom from your past. But when you deal with it biblically and scripturally, not only do you find freedom from your past, but the next thing that happens is you find power for today. Amen. And through that encounter weekend, we introduce people to the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we show people how they can live a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
And then we spend the next few weeks after that encounter teaching people now, how do you stay free? How do you stay connected? How do you stay in prayer? How do you stay in the Word? How do I walk out this newfound life that I have found in Jesus Christ? I've been healed and delivered from my past. I've been empowered by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now I'm going to stay free and live free and bring freedom to other people. You learn all that and grow one. Why do we do it? Because people need to be set free from the pains of their past. People need to be empowered to live supernatural lives through the person of the Holy Spirit. The second part of Grow grow Track is Grow 2. And in Grow 2, we lay foundational stones for life. We spend five weeks talking about what does a biblical family look like? How do you raise godly kids in an ungodly world? What does it mean to be a Christian man or a Christian woman? How do I stand for the values of Christ in a culture that is so opposed to everything that Jesus Christ stands for? And how do I create a biblical home? Because we all understand something. As goes the family, so goes the world. And you want to know why our world is in dire straits today? Our world is in dire straits today because families are falling apart. Somebody's got to teach people what it means to have a biblical family and how do we lay those foundation stones in our life so we can build a godly home in the middle of an ungodly world. And then we spend the last five weeks of Grow 2 talking about spiritual foundations, understanding the foundation stones of our faith. This is what I know about most Christians. Most Christians can tell you what they believe. They just can't show you in the Bible why they believe it. We all got opinions. What do you believe about this? Well, let me tell you what I believe. Well, why do you believe that biblically? What's the chapter and verse that backs up what you believe? Most Christians don't know that. Most Christians can't give you a chapter and verse to tell you why they believe what they believe. And years ago, God brought a guy into my life. His name was Patrick, and Patrick discipled me. God used him. He was the first person that ever really brought me in and began to help me take that process and that journey of growing in my relationship with Christ. And Patrick asked me a question one day. Every day we would talk about the Bible, and and one day he said, well, well, Keith, what do you believe about that? And I told him, and he said, where's that at in the Bible? And I'm like, you know, Genesis, Revelation, somewhere right in there. I knew it was in there because my pastor told me it was in there and my mom and dad had told me it was in there and my Sunday school teacher had told me it was in there, but I didn't know where it was at. And then he asked me this question. He said, well, don't you think if you're going to base your eternal life on something, you at least ought to know where it's at in the Bible? And that made sense to me. (laughs) I hope it makes sense to you. Grow two, we spend five weeks just looking at some basic principles of the faith. What are the foundation stones that we, as followers of Christ, build our lives on? This is what we believe, and biblically, this is why we believe it. Grow three, grow three connects us to the the heartbeat of God. And this is huge because grow three talks about personal evangelism and world missions. And one of the things we want to do is we want to train, we want to quit, we want to connect, we want to empower, we want to release people. And so we want to train people. How do you share your faith? Most Christians are so intimidated about sharing their faith. We can talk about everything but Jesus. We can talk about everything but eternity, right? We can talk about the weather and the ball game and the shopping and the sales and and the fish and the deer and all the stuff that we talk about. But when it comes to talking to people about the things that really matter, most Christians struggle So we want to train you and teach you and equip you with a simple process, right? 
It's really as simple as this. Cindy, what do you believe it takes for a person to go to heaven? You know what? Everybody's got an opinion. And that little simple question, what do you believe it takes for a person to go to heaven, Chris? And all of a sudden, you can ask anybody on planet Earth that question, and they might say, well, I don't even believe in heaven. Man, that's awesome. Well, let me tell you what I believe. I believe this and I believe that. How many know most people, when you ask their opinion, they're really glad to give it to you? What do you believe it takes for a person to go to heaven? And then you listen to them. And then you say, man, that's, man, would you care if I share with you what the Bible says it takes for a person to go to heaven? And then all of a sudden, you've got an open door to share the gospel. And we want to help you do that. We want to help you do that. We want to give you an opportunity to actually knock on a door and share the gospel with somebody. And we do that through Grow 3. And then we spend the last few weeks talking about God's heartbeat for world missions. We want to give you an opportunity to understand the opportunities spiritually, physically, and financially, how you can partner with God in reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ because that is the heartbeat of God. Amen? Look at that last point on your outline. Why discipleship? Why discipleship? Because there's no plan B, guys. It's it right here. That's how it happens. It all happens through discipleship. Every soul saved, every ministry fulfilled, every leader released, every campus planted, every, every disciple made happens through discipleship. Everything hinges on our ability. So I want to challenge you to do two things today. I want to challenge you, number one, to be a disciple. And if you haven't engaged in the discipleship processes here at Liberty Church, we have three systematic processes. We have small groups, we have connection track, and we have growth track. Connection track is four weeks and you graduate. Growth track is three 10-week classes and you graduate. Small groups are ongoing discipleship where you can continue to grow and learn. If you're not in the process, I want to challenge you, get in the process. Commit to being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you what I've never really heard. I've never really heard somebody say, boy, I regret spending that time doing those things. I've heard people resist it on the front end, but most people on the back end say, boy, I'm glad I took the time to do that. It was refreshing. You know why? Because they connected with people along the way. Because we don't connect with curriculum. We use curriculum, but we connect with people. And it's people that help us grow in our relationship with Christ. So I want to challenge you. The first thing, get in the process. Second thing I want to challenge you to do, and immediately after service, Miss Diane is going to be out at the information center. Here's the second thing. If you're here and you say, Pastor Keith, I've been through the process. I am a disciple. I am growing. I'm taking my next steps. And I want to help other people become disciples of Jesus Christ. That looks like a lot of things. Let me give you a couple things it looks like. It looks like maybe you want to lead a small group. We'd love to empower you to lead a small group. Maybe you don't want to lead a group, but you got a home and you'd love to host a group. And you'd love to have people come with a leader that would lead that group in your house. You can do that. Maybe you'd like to be a part of our connection track team and you'd like to help facilitate or teach or lead those classes so people can connect to Christ, follow him, discover their gifts, and serve God in the ministry. Or maybe you'd like to be a part of our Grow Track team and you'd like to help teach or lead some of our Grow 1, Grow 2, or Grow 3 classes. We have three classes going all the time. 
continually throughout the year. We start three new classes, but they're continually going all throughout the year. And maybe you'd like to be involved in being a part of that team, helping make disciples. If you're interested in that aspect of it, I want you to stop by the information center today, give Miss Diane a little information, and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you more about how I can help make disciples. Amen? Let's pray together today. God, we love you and we thank you for... We thank you for discipleship. We thank you for the opportunity to grow and become and be released to what you've called us to do. We thank you for the gifts of your son, Jesus Christ, that live big in us today. And I thank you today that we are, that we refuse, God, to be attenders. God, we want to be disciples. And not only do we want to be disciples, God, we want to make disciples of all nations, beginning right here, right now, in our family, in our church, and in our community, and ultimately to the nations of the world. And we ask it today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Have a great day in the Lord. Amen.